everybody. Welcome into this episode, this edition of In Session. I am here. Uh, we have a full team this week, which has been rare for the last couple of weeks. So this is nice. The family reunion. I'm with Danielle E. Gaines. How are you? Hello, I'm good. And Kelsey Luce, how are you? Hey, doing all right. Good to have everybody back together. This is good. The band is back together. <laughs> and this will be this will be a lot of fun. Biggest story this week. Um, in Annapolis was filing deadlines, I do believe. Um, and Kelsey, um, what was the atmosphere like at the Maryland Board of Elections this week? There was a lot of excitement. They had um, a countdown clock, like a monitor with the countdown clock to the nine o'clock filing deadline. Um, and there were also some fun things like Senator J.B. Jennings from Hartford County coming through with some pastries. Everyone was super excited about that, joking about how he was a uh, trying to, you know, get on everybody's good side. And also Delegate Carl Anderton from Wakamako, he represented that whole coastal style by coming in with a Hawaiian shirt with a blazer over it. So, um, yeah, it was very exciting. There were, you know, a lot of loud talking, a lot of joking, very um, convivial. Is that the word? Sure. Sure, that's the word. Uh, were there <laughs> any um, last, last minute surprises that went down? Yeah, Delegate David Vote dropped out. That was kind of surprising. He uh, he Ooh. dropped out of the well. He uh, dis- I shouldn't say dropped out. He decided not to seek to file for re-election. So he basically wants to focus on family. Was was what he said. He uh, he has a kid getting married soon, so he just wasn't up for it. I guess we could say. Mm-hmm. And also the day after, uh, County Council District Two candidate Cedric Cole dropped out of the race. I saw that at the end of the story we uh, yeah. online we had to mention that. Yeah, we had uh, we had to amend actually quite a few stories oh. um, because we had written an article interviewing delegate vote that he was going to seek re-election before the general assembly session started. Oh. So we um, went back and amended that story, and we went back and amended references to um, Cedric Cole, who who, as Kelsey mentioned, dropped out right after filing, essentially right after the filing deadline. Do you know anything about why? Why did he drop out right after? When I talked to him, he, he didn't really want to elaborate too much, but it, it was he, he did mention his employer. So for, for whatever reasons, he, he didn't want to divulge too much. He uh, hmm. is not going to get in the race. There also are three Republicans in that primary. So you have um, the incumbent still, um, Councilman Schmelick, Tony Schmelick, Steve McKay, um, who Kelsey wrote about. A lot of people are familiar with him through his work in rail. And um, Cedric Cole is, is a political newcomer. So um, might have been a tight, a tight primary. A tight primary. Okay, so uh, Kelsey, from also I want to start with you. There are a bunch of different races that I know we, we want to talk about. Um, county executive, this is going to be the first time Frederick County since the switch to the charter government where we're going to be having uh we're going to be a possibility of a second term uh can you tell us who filed um this week and how that race is looking yeah it, it should be an interesting one so county executive jan gardner will represent the democrats she doesn't have any competition primary competition in that race but um the republicans are going to have to choose between frederick county councilman kirby delauder uh, Delegate Kathy Ofsali and um, the former budget manager Regina Williams. Um, mm. So when the the June twenty sixth primary hits, that'll that'll be their choice, and then we'll see who goes on to the general. That'll be here before before too long. That'll be here quickly, and then Danielle, 
Um, County Council, there are a lot of people running for at-large, but there are other seats unchallenged. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, so the County Council races are going to be a little bit of a mixed bag. So in County Council District 5, of course, we have Councilman DeLauder running for County Executive. That leaves his seat open. He kept everyone in suspense by waiting to file uh, for County Executive until the last day. Um but so we have three uh, political newcomers running in that race. Um, so we'll see um, who wants to replace him. There'll be a Republican primary. There's only one Democratic candidate there. Um, the council at large seat, as Colin mentioned, is super crowded. There's nine people trying to go for two seats. Um, that's, of course, because Councilman Billy Shreve is running for state Senate in the third district, which Kelsey will probably get into. Um, and uh Council President Bud Otis, we all know, left the Republican Party shortly into his term. So he actually doesn't have to declare yeah. his candidacy yet. I read so, that. Yeah, one way to think about this is that there's actually going to be 10 people going for that seat. But when we get around to general election time, it'll be three. Um, well, it'll be more than that. It'll be um, five. So you'll have your wow. Republicans that go through, your Democrats that go through, and the council president. I tried to file. They wouldn't let me. I don't know why, <laughs> but they wouldn't let me. Kelsey, uh, for the third district, there's a whole lot of people challenging Ron Young, from what I understand. Is that correct? Yes, yes. The Republicans really, really want to flip this seat. Um, so uh, Republicans that filed include uh, Burger King franchise owner Craig Giangrande and, of course, Billy Shreve, as we just talked about. And... Um, the Democrats have filed are the Jennifers, Jennifer Brannon and Jennifer Doherty. Um, and so we will see what happens with that. That, that, that one's definitely going to be a heated race. And we'll talk a little bit later about some um, political hoopla that's come out of that already. Yeah, I have that ready to go. I'm interested to talk about that <laughs> in a few minutes. But before we get there, Danielle, there are a couple more races that we want to touch on. Uh, the 4th District, there are some Democrats who filed at the last minute to challenge Mr. Michael Huff, friend of Frederick Uncut. So uh, Senator Huff will not be challenged in the Republican primary, but there are two Democratic candidates um, who are running uh, to challenge him in the general election. So um, that will be interesting. It's two women, Jessica Douglas of Mount Airy and Sabrina Massa of Thurmont. Ooh, and then um, Sheriff. We're going to have some fun in the sheriff's race in this year. In the sheriff's race, we're essentially going to have a rematch from the 2014 election. So there um, right now are no primary challengers for either of the candidates, and that's uh, Sheriff Chuck Jenkins and uh, Carl Bickle, who used to work for the sheriff's office. Jenkins Bickle 2. Yes, 2.0. <laughs> Buy it on pay-per-view. And then finally, uh, school board incumbents file for re-election, but uh, there are also some younger people who want to be on the board. Yeah, so the school board is a, uh, it's a busy race as well. Um, we have uh, s the incumbent members, um, April Miller, Liz Barrett, and Brad Young, um, filing for re-election, but there are uh, four seats available. And so you have this uh, big group of people who are running, and it includes three people who are under the age of 30, including some um, who are just recent graduates of FCPS. So um, there will be, um, that's a nonpartisan race. So um, it's just a certain number of candidates will go through. Liz Barrett, one of the few uh, video simulcasts we've had on the Frederick Uncut podcast, I do believe. Not oh. to keep plugging Frederick Uncut, but hey, we need you to listen, friends. <laughs> um, and it's 13 people in the school board race. 13 yes. people. That's so many. Took me a minute to count them up. Have you ever wanted to run for anything, Danielle? <laughs> 
oh no we've talked about this before because i would just become a dictator we already know this okay well, you get, you're getting the right to vote for president aren't you <laughs> yeah i That's did right. i got one vote yeah. for president we yeah did mention that. <laughs> um so now p- perhaps the, the one of the more juicy stories from this week involves senator ron young in a nine second video clip that surfaced um about uh burger king employees racially profiling them um, just real quickly, he said, go into any of his challenger, I, Gia Grande. How do you say that? Is that correct? Gia Grande. Gia yeah. Grande. Um, go into any of his Burger Kings, and it's all Hispanics, and most of them are undocumented, unquote. Um, this video surfaced this week. Kelsey, how did it surface? We'll start there. So this was actually posted by Allison Berkowitz, a Democratic candidate for a Harford County delegate, and she took a longer version. It it was about three minutes, a longer version with the full context of the video at a Fight for 15 rally um, at an Annapolis restaurant last week. So Hmm. that video from her personal Facebook page was edited down to this. um, I guess it's I guess it's fair to call it a a poor choice of words um, on behalf of Ron Young. Uh, do we think this is going to be a nasty race now, Kelsey? Is this going to be something that resonates or are we going to see a lot of mudslinging? Yeah, I do. I'm I'm sorry. I want to jump back to the last question because I should have provided a little context. So what Ron Young was talking about was kind of his opinion that Republicans like Gian Grande are, you know, tough on immigration and yet they might run a business that could benefit from not paying their workers very much, paying, you know, immigrant workers very much. So I just wanted to put the the comment in context. And, um, okay, so moving on to if it will be a nasty campaign, I mean, I I, I talked to both the candidates, and they both say they want to be issues-focused, but, I mean, the fact of the matter is the way politics is now, this isn't going to be the last kind of thing like this that we see, I'm sure. And um, as I mentioned before, this is a seat that the Republican Party would really like to get. So, and and the Democrats would really like to keep. So, it seems likely that there might be a little more of this in the future. I'll ask this to you, Danielle. Did you see this get a lot of traction? Were a lot of people talking about this throughout the week? Certainly, um, on Facebook and in certain circles, it was circu- circulating a lot. Um, one of the things um, Kelsey wrote about was that the video actually ended up getting taken down by the woman who posted it because there was like that, a lot yeah. of hullabaloo mm-hmm. around. It's the fact that it was posted. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely think one of the more to me one of the more interesting aspects of this is that um, this was a Republican challenger going after the democratic incumbent um in primary season usually it's republican versus republican democrat versus democrat um but this was i think craig giangrande trying to kind of step up as being that lead republican candidate so to speak and already going after the democratic incumbent interesting to see uh, how that'll resonate moving forward but this is also this is similar from what i understand uh to something we talked about last week involving uh, the Russia elections story. That's a mouthful. Russia election. Uh, can, you, what, can you tell us about that, Danielle? Um, there was a comment taken yes, out. Yes, yes. I was just thinking about the fact that we're probably wiretapped or something now because you oh, said definitely. Russia elections. Yeah. <laughs> yes. um, <laughs> so we talked about this bill last year about having international election observers and, and um, 
in Maryland polling places and about the Senate president standing up on the floor in a highly unusual move to talk about why he didn't support the bill. And he didn't support the bill anymore because we have learned more about meddling um, by international governments in our elections. One of the things he said on the floor, which I included in my story, is that he wanted to make Maryland elections as secure as possible. And he said, I, I want... I don't want anybody in the room except for bona fide Americans with bona fide identification cards. That was last week. Mm -hmm. This week, um, on Thursday, the Maryland Republican Party sent out a press release saying, in case you missed it, Senate President Mike Miller backs voter ID laws on Senate floor. And um, they talked about uh, how uh, the Senate president would have agreed with a bill that's been introduced this year that would create a voter ID law in the state of Maryland. Um, this is controversial because it's viewed as a voter suppression technique mm -hmm. um, by the Republican Party. And um, the Senate president responded today on the floor uh, less than an hour ago. Ooh, and breaking news. <laughs> Do we have music um, for that? No? Okay. He said just very generally, he said, this is a sacred place, um, the floor of the Senate, and um, it's sacred, and lawmakers kind of have a bond, and they try to keep their um, debate at a high level, but um, the types of things like this press release are usually done by people who aren't in the room, and he encouraged, um, he said it was a mis that it misconstrued what he said, and he encouraged people to speak out against that type of um, politicking. And um, he said he's, quote, definitely not for uh, voter ID laws. Things are getting heated. Things are getting heated. Things are getting heated, and yeah. it's only March. There's, And we're only a little more than halfway there, as Bon Jovi <laughs> once said. Um, so my, my husband, who, who's a loyal listener, did criticize both you and me for singing that song last week Why? without actually doing the halfway there line because it really <laughs> made no sense. <laughs> you know, That's my funny. criticism we, was that we didn't have that guitar part, the wow, wow, yeah, wow, wow. That true. needed to be in there. We should we should uh, perform it again this week. You ready, Daniel? No. No? no. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's... Um, so th there was something you wrote about this this week as well, Danielle, uh, about banning bump stocks in school safety. What is this about? I think everybody, I think school safety at this point is pretty big on everybody's minds. Yeah. So there were two simultaneous things that happened um, on Wednesday with the governor holding a press conference on school safety initiatives that he is uh, pursuing this session, including additional money for um, capital improvements to schools to add things like secure doors and windows, metal detectors, um, uh, various other capital improvements, I think security cameras, panic buttons, all those sorts of things. Um, he also is adding other money to um, increase funding for the Maryland Center for School Safety, mm -hmm. which is an organization that kind of gets together with uh, law enforcement throughout the state every week and school administrators throughout the state every week to uh, talk about school safety issues. He um, also uh, talked about how he would support a bump stock ban, which was being heard, a bill on that was being heard that same day by a joint committee of House and Senate lawmakers. So that's um, a ban on all, quote, rapid fire trigger activators. Mm. So there are a lot of things. Um, there's a bump stock, which we obviously heard about, about after the massacre in Las Vegas that injured so many people and killed 58 people. Um, but there are also things um, 
other accessories that you can use hellfire triggers and um crank um a, this crank thing <laughs> this crank oh, no. thing very technical i'm gonna get in yes. so much trouble for that the crank um, thing but uh so there was a hearing on that in the same day and um, a lot of people turned out to that so they kind of happened simultaneously and, and brought attention to this to this issue which is on the top of everyone's mind with the shooting at marjorie stoneman douglas Were there was there really any debate in annapolis over this oh absolutely yeah, yeah absolutely there were a lot of people who turned out there was a really really emotional testimony um, from sc- some school teachers parents religious leaders and there also was um you know passionate testimony from gun gun rights groups that said you know that they oppose um, movements towards infringing on somebody's Second Amendment rights. Mm. Um, members of the committee uh, pressed hard on, you know, whether or not the bill could be more narrowly drafted to really just target these bump stocks and rapid fire trigger activators and whether or not groups like the NRA would help them more narrowly ta- tailor the bill. And um, the NRA declined. Hmm. Wow. So this is not over. No, no. Not over by any stretch of the imagination. Also not over is something that we talked about at length last year. Something I love talking about every time we get a chance to talk about it this year. (laughs) And that is the left lane bill. Um, Kelsey, uh, you know a little bit about this from what I understand. Uh, What's different about it this year? Because from what I I, I suppose we're back at it, which I'm very much excited about. But what's different about it? Yeah, it's taken another another lap. So this time, what's different? (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't encourage that. Don't encourage that, please. So (laughs) so this (laughs) on a prayer. Okay. So this time it's a little different um, because the move over. Well. All right, let me take a step back. So what uh, our Frederick County Delegate, William Folden, is trying to do is make it so that you can't cruise in the left lane, essentially. So it's only for passing. Once you pass, you have to get back over if it's safe to do so. So last year's bill is a little different from this year's because this year it's going to apply to three-lane highways of at least 55 miles per hour or more. And the most key, the, the key difference is that it doesn't stipulate what the fine would be for the for a violation it just says that a district court judge could impose a fine up to five hundred dollars so it gives them a little more discretion so with those changes uh delegate folden's hoping it'll get passed and uh he and his um his good buddy delegate ct wilson talked uh, very passionately about it and um uh, delegate wilson was saying that Maryland is only one of six states that don't have some sort of restriction for driving in the left lane. And he was he was even joking. We're behind, quote, super liberal hippie California. Um, He was making the point that like even red and blue states have kind of been on board with this one. Hmm. So do we think it'll get passed this year, Kelsey? It's hard to say. It's hard to say. Um, I think the changes that he made could encourage the committee to to get it out of their um, committee if it gets to a vote. And then there's always the question of, you know, will it be brought to a vote? You know, I'm going to file. I'm going <laughs> to, even though I missed the deadline, I'm going <laughs> to file to run for something just to get a vote yeah. on this. I love the the little story that that's uh, within your story about a woman applying makeup while behind right. the wheel. Um, because and, and this this came from Folden, noticing that everything was going slow. I mean... Uh, my question to, to we'll start with you, Danielle. Have you ever applied makeup while driving? 
Um, uh, I have. <laughs> occasionally at a stoplight. You have? Okay. Kelsey, have you? No, I haven't. No, I, no. I, I have. I've done okay. other stupid things that I shouldn't have in the car, but not, not that one. <laughs> that's, that's such a... That's a funny story. I, I would be in, infuriated if I was having <laughs> Um So we'll, we'll move from that. Definitely, if we talk about that every week, I would be very happy. So just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, it's about that time of year for taxes, Danielle. Uh, what's the debate about that on the Senate floor? Yeah, so there, there's a debate um, in the state of Maryland, the Presidential Candidate Tax Transparency Act. And this is a bill that would require, it would create a ballot restriction um, to get on the ballot as a candidate for president in the state of Maryland. You would have to release your tax returns. Uh-huh. And so this is, of course, an issue that's being talked about in a lot of places right now because of President Donald Trump refused to release his taxes, his tax return during the um, mm-hmm. 2016 election. He says he didn't do it because there's an audit. Um, but the IRS said there was nothing that bars somebody who's being audited from releasing them. So um, this took a decidedly partisan turn in the Senate, as you might expect. Mm-hmm. So... Um, This came to the Senate floor from committee on a partisan vote out of committee um, to the Senate floor on Monday, and it got battered around all week long um, until we finally reached yesterday when things kind of finally came to a head. So there were a number of amendments from Republican lawmakers. They wanted to, um, you know, impose a similar restriction on General Assembly lawmakers. There was one that would require General Assembly lawmakers to release their federal income tax return. There was one that would require General Assembly lawmakers to release their state income tax return. There was one that would require a release of tax forms by the General Assembly, the governor, the lieutenant governor, the comptroller, like a whole list of people. Um, and kind of one by one, they all got voted down <laughs> in in all different votes, too. I don't think any any two votes were the same. Um, and then finally, Senator Huff gave this really passionate um, speech about how he thought this was kind of partisan politics at its worst. And he made a motion to, um, going back to the, the Russia issue, to recommit the bill to committee, which mm-hmm. is what we saw the Senate president do with that interna- international election observers bill. Um, He said this was far too controversial, taking up way too much time on the floor of the Senate, and that it should just go back to committee to be thought thought about for longer. (laughs) Um, And 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 that um, that motion failed. In making that motion, he was really um, trying to appeal to Democrats in the chamber. So he was talking about how the Republican Party had made a really big mistake. spending years questioning uh, whether or not Barack Obama was born in the United States or was a U.S. citizen. And there were states like Arizona that passed bills that required presidential candidates to release their birth certificates in order to get ballot access. Um, He said that was shameful and partisan, and he said this was too. My goodness. You know what? You can see my tax returns. I will (laughs) gladly release those for everybody because... Is that like the easy form? Yeah, yeah. Ten percent of zero is zero, so that's what I get back because that's what I make. We all make nothing. <laughs> we're journalists. Now, um, it, uh, in that bill, we haven't seen the end of it. We're going to see final passage out of the Senate um, probably next week. Next week, yeah. So that'll be good. Uh, we'll talk about it again next week. Sounds and great. Next week's episode, I will have you read my tax returns on air. <laughs> that's what. That's how we'll mark that. I'm a regular Rachel Maddow. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> so the best, the best thing in the Frederick News Post each week, it's called Political Notes, and now it's time to talk about it. 
love that bumper music. Love that. <laughs> Great. That's fabulous. So we're going to begin with you, Kelsey. And from what I understand, Billy Shreve found himself in the middle of some controversy this week. Yes, yes, he did. He's no stranger to it. He, you know. Um, so what's happening is that um, he's, as we discussed earlier, he's filed to run in the District 3 Republican primary. However, he is also on the Frederick County Republican Central Committee. And some people say that's a conflict of interest. He does not. Um, so a woman from the Greater Frederick Republican Women, speaking on behalf of herself, not the group, to be clear, Lois Gibson, sent a letter Wednesday to the Republican, the County Republican, Republican Central Committee saying that she'd like them to discuss this issue at their next meeting um, because the committee's bylaws say that any member who intends to run against another Republican in a primary should upon filing resign from the position. So I guess the question is in the word should. Um, the last I spoke with uh, Councilman Shreve, which for transparency was before this letter went around, he, he um, seemed to think that there was nothing that required him to resign. However, uh, Ms. Gibson and uh, Senator Mikoff as well um, thinks th believe that he should. Um, so, yeah, we'll see where that goes. And unfortunately, like I said, I, have, I haven't had a chance to follow up with Councilman Shreve to, after this letter went out. But, you know, it's something we can keep an eye on. She came out strong about this in the political notes column. She said, quote, there is nothing ethical about this. And if he has integrity, he should, in fact, resign um, this. Kelsey, do you know if, if anybody else has been has anybody else been out as outspoken about this? Uh, no, no, no. She she's the first one who, like, wrote a letter and, you know, made this issue. Uh, public put this issue in front of the committee i i don't know of anyone else yeah. that's doing that i'm sure there's private i'm sure there's plenty of private conversations about this that I'm, i might not be privy to so they're gonna they're gonna argue about the word should that's yes <laughs> that's isn't that your favorite <laughs> that's it's great so should you know what i should eat better i don't but i should <laughs> um okay well there's also, I do believe, yeah, this was in Political Notes as well this week, Danielle. Something I know you love talking about, love talking about with you, polling. Polls. Polling. Yeah. Do we have music for polls? No? Not well, yet. Well, we should get that. <laughs> um, your new, new polling figures are in, and you want to know what? It's a mixed bag for Larry Hogan, is it not? <laughs> It is. So uh, there were new polling figures released this week by Mason Dixon Polling and Strategy. This is a polling group. Um, they do polls for organizations uh, for pay, but when they do those, they actually put their questions out front and ask about things that they want to ask about. So um, <laughs> they asked about the governor's race. And uh, what they found is... Uh, pretty much in line with the Goucher polls that we saw um, last month. And so uh, they found that uh, Prince George's County Executive Rashawn Baker is leading the nine now nine uh, Democratic candidates in the primary for governor. Behind him is the same as the Goucher poll, Baltimore County Executive Kevin Kamenetz and, and former NAACP President Ben Jealous. Um, ben Jealous? His last name is Jealous? Yes. That's a great name. <laughs> and um, they also found a similar uh, favorability rating for Governor Hogan, 63%. Um, the one thing that this poll did um, was it kind of went beyond. So so 
other similar figures to Goucher before I get there. Uh, 85% of Republicans approve of the job Larry Hogan is doing, so he's very popular among his party. 52% of Democrats also approve of the job that Larry Hogan is doing, but fewer of them plan to actually vote for him. So where the Mason-Dixon poll went that the Goucher poll has not before is in doing head-to-head matchups um, during these polls. So they asked um, voters if they would rather vote for Governor Hogan or Baker Cabinets are jealous. And um, Hogan got around 50% of the vote in each of those questions. Mm -hmm. And um, Rashern Baker got 36, Kevin Kamenetz 34, and Ben Jealous 33. Mm. Um, But a lot of Democratic voters are still undecided. Governor Hogan, only 2% of people, I don't know who they are, um, said that they didn't know, <laughs> they, they they didn't have any name recognition for him. So For the governor? <laughs> yeah. 2%. <laughs> <laughs> and these are likely voters also, by the way. That's great. So <laughs> um, That's great. The, the name recognition numbers for all of the Democratic candidates, there were a lot more people who aren't familiar with them yet. So um, as, as people become more familiar with the Democratic candidates, those um, crossover votes for Larry Hogan are likely to go down. And um, as a lot more people become um, become un- undecided uh, that will also change so in western Maryland in particular we are undecided um, in rural Maryland so if you combine the eastern shore and western Maryland 56, 56% of Democratic voters here don't know what they want to do yet if I didn't have any name recognition when I looked at the I would just immediately vote for Ben Jealous I would say that's a great name I'm voting for you right no are you jealous of the name yes i'm very jealous of the name that's uh, everybody here is giving me a very <laughs> yeah very no i don't disapproving, talk disapproving <laughs> look. Uh, you said at un- all about votes <laughs> <laughs> you do you talk about david vote <laughs> sure uh, uh. is un undecided decided yeah that's what i meant <laughs> to say <laughs> Just for clarification. Un- undecided. Um, un- undecided. As they move out from the undecided column. That's like a triple negative. Yeah. Um, you landed it, though, <laughs> like the figure skaters do. Um, so I have to ask you guys, as always, we like to finish things up with what are you looking forward to the most next week, Danielle? We will ask you. Uh, well, just generally, we're going to have a lot more candidate profiles in the paper, so keep your eyes out for those. Will it be windy um, again next week? It's supposed to die down <laughs> soon. Oh, <okay. laughs> um, and there are some interesting hearings that will be happening next week. Um, we're going to hear more about some of the um, bills that deal with the governor appointments process, one of Colin's favorite topics. So yes. we'll, we'll talk about that next week. Okay, that's fun. I also must ask you, what have you had to eat this week? Danielle, again, we'll start with you. Uh, when I got back to Frederick, there was a mango Coke on a my mango desk. Coke? <laughs> Fabulous. Mango <laughs> Coke. Kelsey, what did you have to eat this week? Um, I didn't have anything super special in Annapolis, but going home late last night, I did stop in Ellicott City. There's this place that is called Cake Walla, and I want to name it because it serves little cupcakes and treats, but also Indian food. So I grabbed some Pav Baji wow. from the cupcake store and destroyed it. It was delicious. Wow. Okay. Good answer. <laughs> Good answer. Um, and okay. I guess that's about it. I fell in love with the name and everybody looked at me weird, but Mr. Jealous. Mm, uh, yeah. But as, as for anything else, we are now more than halfway there, as Bon Jovi once said in a song. Um, I love to thank you guys. 
every week for taking the time. Kelsey, thank you so much while you're in Annapolis. I know you're busy. Thank you. And Danielle, thank you so very much. You're a, a jet setter traveling back and forth all of the time. <laughs> yeah, that's what I call it. <laughs> uh, but we will talk to you guys again next week, and thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thanks, Colin. Thanks, Colin.